It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Welcome to the Ball Talk Podcast. It is currently 2.24 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, May 10th. Nice little afternoon episode we got today. We will not be able to talk about the games tonight, so if something crazy happens tonight, we're sorry. I'm your host, John Sock, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today? You know who it is. I'm good, man. It's a it's a nice day, May 10th, you know, seven-year anniversary of, of me and my our puppy joining the family, so Aww. beautiful day. Always, always got to appreciate those ones, you know? I hope you made Cleo a little cupcake or something. She she gets enough treats on a daily basis. So. That's fair. Yeah, my mom my mom went to go meet Elijah in Florida, so my dog is a little depression puppy today. He mm. has not left his bed. He mm. came to my bed in the morning, he woke up, got out of bed, I brushed my teeth, he hung out, and then he went and he passed out in his little puppy bed and he has not moved. Mm. He's very cute, but he's very sad. He keeps sighing. Sleepy day. Poor boy. Um, <laughs> today's episode is our pre-playoff awards preview. A lot of peas right there. We figure it's our last chance to talk about the awards before the playoffs roll around. And we have to talk about the best. And once the playoffs roll around, we have to talk about the best thing on the planet. Mm. Playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be like really predicting ballots. We're going to give our top three finishers in each award. instead of, And we're going to be giving our top three finishers in each award instead of the top five. Because giving a fifth place MVP vote does never change the standings for MVP before. It has never changed the awards the, the the trajectory of the award, it's completely useless. It doesn't change the voting ever. I don't care. I just don't. We're going to do threes. I don't want to do five. It seems like a waste of time to have to find a fifth candidate for a DPLY award. You don't need – I couldn't even get five guys that I, des, that I thought deserved to be on the all-defensive first team. I'm not giving <laughs> five people DPLY awards. I couldn't find five I, – I literally just – Man, when we get to all defense, y'all are going to laugh at me. Y'all are going to laugh at me for my fifth place because I just didn't care. And I was like, this is the guy who I think deserves it looking at everything. And I know he doesn't rightfully in my head, but all the numbers say he does. And it's an all defensive team. How am I ranting when I haven't even finished the introduction? Um, we're going to do three all, all three all NBA teams because I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Hmm. We're going to do one all defensive team because... As I just went on my rant, I don't think it matters. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really care particularly. Uh, and we'll 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 read out the guys that we think could make the all rookie teams, but like, it's hard to find consistency in all rookie voting. Like, mm-hmm. we're just gonna read out the guys that we want to send some love to, honestly, and read out the guys that will definitely make the first team. For sure. Let's kick it off with the big one. The first award we're gonna talk about is the most valuable player. It's Nikola Jokic. <laughs> sorry, sorry for wasting time. Uh, for not wasting, sorry for uh, skipping right to the punchline. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. The Nuggets are essentially tied for the third seed in the West right now. Um, they're like a game back of the Clippers, but I'm pretty sure they're still tied for fifth overall in the league. They they have the same like. Okay, actually, they've they've lost some ground on Philly since I started these notes, mm-hmm. but they're tied with the Brooklyn Nets. They were basically had the same record with Philly for a little bit, and then Philly really just kept winning games i uh had not realized well the nuggets lost two in a row which i think is their first two game losing streak since aaron gordon showed up kind of crazy i'm kind of loving these nuggets whatever all to say is they're essentially a top three seed they're a top five team in the league Mm 
Mm-hmm. I, I like them. They're, they're awesome. That that Clippers game where Nikola Jokic just like embarrassed everybody that the Clippers put on him and showed that they had no way to guard him no matter what. It's not Montrez Harrell's fault. Um, <laughs> free my boy Trez. I that was just that was an MVP performance. That was an MVP putting on the MVP performance. He locked it up. There's no more discussions in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jokic just played every single game. He's won more than enough games. He has crazy eye popping stats at 26.4 points, 10.9 rebounds, eight and a half assists, around 57, 41, and 86 shooting. That's that's my MVP. Sorry. He, like, he's changing the game, honestly, from what we usually see from a center, what you would see from the, your biggest man on the floor, the production that he gives that Denver Nuggets team and, and what they can do with their offensive sets because of him and defensively, man. I think that's what really set him apart as a MVP this year is that he stepped it up a lot defensively. The advanced stats will say he's all, he's always kind of been there as a defensive player, but this year is clearly far and away his best season. And he's been the best player in the NBA for most of this year now. For, for all this time that we had to deal with the Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden MVP discussions, I'm I'm glad that people have finally put that behind and come to the realization that, that slimmed down Jokic is going to take home the MVP this year. And he's been the most dominant force. There's a lot of other guys who are, who are in discussion, I guess. People are throwing out the name Chris Paul a lot. And I mean, I'm, I'm one of Christopher Emmanuel Paul's biggest fans as the point guard, but for what Nikola Jokic has done to, for this Nuggets team, especially if you look at the, the squad of players around him compared to some other names being thrown around in the MVP discussion, it's it's a no-brainer for me to have Jokic. And he should be almost unanimous this season, honestly. I, Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's unanimous. I would I would love that. I would, I would love it. We've been Jokic truthers on this pod for a very long time. Seeing him win the unanimous would be awesome. <laughs> But there is a Chris Paul heating up momentum movement. But I, I, I'm i going to say it. They're not even the one seed. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul's stats aren't that crazy. Chris Paul is having like a pretty average year. Um, I mean, he's still Chris Paul. He's having one of the best seasons by an old point guard in NBA history. But you have to clarify, he's an old point guard. He's averaging 16 points, four and a half rebounds, a hair under nine assists, 49, 39, 93 shooting. Played 67 games, 21 PER, and those are great numbers. Those are great numbers. That's an all-star number. Jokic is blowing that out of the water. Yeah. And they're what? Um, four games back? Yeah, I think they're four games off the Suns right now. If the Suns were far and away the one seed, if the Suns were like three games up on the one seed, I'd be like, huh, maybe Chris Paul has an argument. But he doesn't even have a strong enough argument over Devin Booker as the MVP of that team, in my eyes, for it to be like, oh, and he's on the second place team in the West. He deserves the MVP. Like, mm. if they were, I, I love Chris Paul. He's my second. Yeah. Spoilers. He's my second. But I, it's a distant second. It's not a close second. There was, I, there was no part in. I, I wanted, I really wanted to find some way to argue that he could be the MVP. You know, Rashad's been posting about it, and everyone knows that I'm a Rashad Phillips disciple. I I was trying to find it. I could not. I, I just couldn't in my heart find any way to truly argue that, that Chris Paul should be the MVP. He's my second, though. Yeah, no, and he's had a great season, and there's second in the, in the MVP voting for this season is something to be said for a point guard that a few, not like 
four years ago, people thought Chris Paul might not be a piece that a team would want on their roster anymore. You know, Chris Paul was getting passed around the league as an old point guard, and he's going to come to Phoenix right now. And what he's brought to that locker room and to that team, I think, is a, it can't be understated. Obviously, it doesn't all get shown in the numbers what someone can bring to a team and bring to a roster in terms of turning them around and making them competitive. But that Phoenix team was on the way up. They got a lot of young pieces that we rave about all the time. Their bench play has improved dramatically this season in campaign. He had season high last night. You know what I'm saying? Dario Saric has been elite for them off the bench. And so Chris Paul has been great. He's been great at running their system and getting them organized and being so successful in the Western Conference this year. And that makes him the second closest to winning the MVP. But there's no one who's been on Nikola Jokic's level for this long this season. To, to sustain it throughout the whole season, it's been something else for him. And, and a guy who is in discussion and who's at third for me might be a third for you, Joel Embiid for me. Yeah. Top of the East. Obviously a dominant force. Had he not gone out, it would have been a much closer discussion between him and Jokic right now because he is number one in the Eastern Conference and that team is so good defensively, but he just missed too much time. He's been an absolute dominant force, and I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs under Doc Rivers. But for, for me, third place on the MVP list is Joel Embiid just because he missed so much time that he, he can't really get himself up to that MVP, the minutes level and the burden of carrying his team throughout the whole season like a most valuable player really needs to. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like we talked about it a lot earlier in the in the in the season about how hard this MVP award is. Usually, usually I would disqualify Embiid from my ballots just because of like he missed so many games. But everyone missed so many games. Yeah, Every, we're gonna talk about it a lot when we get to All NBA. Mm-hmm. On those last spots, as I have a selection that the viewers, uh, some viewers are not gonna like. But in the end of the day, I'm like he's brought more valuable minutes than anyone else. Mm-hmm. End of story. For Embiid. He's missed a lot of games, but the games that he's been in, he's brought such incredible value. He edges out. I don't even know who. I mean, he edges out Giannis for me, I guess. I don't really know. Giannis was never going to make my ballot. If it's a five-person ballot, I, w- I would put I would put Jordan Clarkson ahead of, of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not literally, but mm-hmm. I, Gian- Giannis is – the reason I, I – I cl- okay. My philosophy is that MVP, DPOY, all that, they're not regular season awards. They're not. People – try to say they are mm-hmm. but if they were why do we knock Harden for having a bad playoffs why is it that when Harden had bad playoffs he was completely out of the MVP award race mm-hmm. is it because it's a regular season award no it's about your career why are we talking about why is Nick Wright getting on his his show and saying Nikola Jokic would be the worst MVP winner of the lot since 1970 which for one is wrong that guy's name is Giannis and, it, and I got into a huge argument in the comments on that post. People being like, Giannis won two MVPs and one DPOY. Obviously, his career is better. I'm like, you idiot. This is an <laughs> argument about MV, about if it's a, about the career of an MVP. You can't point to it and say he actually won his MVPs and Jokic hasn't. So his career is better. <laughs> Jokic hasn't won the MVP. That's the whole idea of this discussion. I almost, I almost threw my computer at the wall. I was like, I mm. cannot argue on Instagram comments anymore. But that's to say, if we're talking about legacy, the MVP is a legacy award. It's, it's, a, it, it's a big show out to all the other leagues. This is the best player in our sport. Mm-hmm. And you go and you watch it, and other guys will be like, oh, the MVP is playing. Let's turn it on. And then the MVP gets shut down in the playoffs. That's embarrassing. That's why you don't vote for MVPs that get shut down in the playoffs. That's why the playoffs matter. For the MVP, it matters. All NBA and all defense are where I consider to be regular season awards. Mm-hmm. 
moving on from this impromptu rant, we've done our top three MVPs, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know who my fourth would be. I, I, I'm going to – it might have been LeBron. It might have been Steph LeBron. Curry for me. It might have been Steph Curry. It might have been Luka for me. Um, probably, probably one of those three guys, actually. I don't really care. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, I don't really care. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I, that's why we do top three. I'm like, I don't think your fourth or fifth, I don't think your fourth or fifth matters. I was listening to Howard Beck on the Zach Lowe pod. I love Howard Beck. I want to put that out there. I've been listening to him since I was like 13. Mm-hmm. Him and Rick Buecher, been listening to them since I was a child. Shout out to Bleacher, old Bleacher Report. But I, he has this proposal for like 10 MVP slots seven i'm like, no no you're just naming an all-star team man like no what was it it was uh, it, zach zach Lowe called it the wimpy, the howard beck wimpy proposal and i'm like yep yep like you want to make it you want to make it tougher one you one mvp vote that's it how about that or uh, if you really want three i could do three i i don't mm-hmm. see any reason why we need five yeah. it, the dpoy voting last year was proof you don't need five votes. Patrick Beverly walked out with like ten points. I'm like, you do not need five votes for DPOY so that Patrick Beverly can walk out with ten points for DPOY because mm-hmm. ten people gave him fourth place votes or something ridiculous like that. Oh, next award. Mm-hmm. Great, great award in my mind. Defensive Player of the Year for me. My DPOY is Dylan Brooks. No, no, it's not. It's not. Not. I love Dylan Brooks though. Uh, I'm kidding. Pretty obviously, I have. I, I know that we are gonna have the same first place guy right now. Yeah. I got Ben Simmons. Yeah, big Ben from down under. I, I wonder how many of these we're gonna have the exact same. I I, I wish <laughs> Too I was. Many. Keeping, I have I have a paper here actually. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep track. Right now we're three for three. Um. <laughs> or or four four, four for, for four, four actually. Yeah. I forgot. Um. With Ben Simmons' pick, we are now four for four on MVP on DPOIs or on uh, on picks. I, I think the logic for Ben Simmons is pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. He is the best man-to-man defender in the league by so much it is terrifying. Yeah, there, the, he can legitimately not just guard but lock down one to five prime Draymond Green style. Mm-hmm. He's leading at top five defense. Top three? I think they're fifth right now, yeah. They're an insane defense. He's leading them. Locks up everybody. Can play help defense. Can play man defense. Can do anything you want on the on that end of the floor. Point mm-hmm. of attack, off ball, whatever you need. He's kind of just the jack-of-all-trades goat defender right now. Yeah. And he does it in the playoffs. He's not going to embarrass us in the playoffs. That is why I did not give this, this first place to Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ben Simmons, there's not much else that can really be said for him other than uh, he said he's the best man-to-man defender in the league. You could just say defender, period. I think he's probably the best help defender, too. The way he reads the ball, he can play zone defense if if Doc Rivers wants to line him up like that. And the way he gets in passing lanes, too, with his incredible wingspan. Like, Ben Simmons, we, we talk a lot about Giannis being able to get steals and just... Two, two steps from the half-court line and dunk. Like Ben Simmons does the same thing, except he actually gets in the passing lanes a lot more often. Mm. And we just don't see it because he's not as emphatic about it. He doesn't flex on as many people after he gets a fast-break dunk. And it's like, yeah, well, if you're 6'10", 6'11", I, I hope you dunk the ball when you're wide open running down the floor. Like, I would expect you to. I'm not taking to. offense to that. <laughs> that's, that's why I qualified at 6'10", 6'11", you know? 
I, I feel like the viewers are going to catch on that Chaz will always say 6'10 should dunk it every time because he doesn't want to hurt my feelings. <laughs> but, I mean, Ben Simmons, he said he can lock down literally anyone from the smallest of guards and in, in quickness like Kemba Walker or like Steph Curry to Kyrie Irving to guys who like Joel Embiid if you wanted him to play. Rudy Gobert, not that he could do much offensively, but you mentioned him. <laughs> Clint Capella, even a guy who gives a lot of people problems on the offensive rebounds and would put backs like Ben Simmons, put him in front and go watch how many offensive boards Clint Capella jumps over your team for. I'll tell you what, it'll be zero because he's getting elbowed every single time in the box out. Because Ben Simmons does everything. And I think that's what's most important about this defensive player of the year is it's not just steals or blocks or things like that, but it's every little detail about the defense. He's always in the right position. He boxes out hard. He stays in front of everyone. And it's it's just incredible to watch what Ben Simmons can do, honestly. It's, it's scary to think what him and Joel can progress to if they stay together. And another thing I want to put out, we will always talk about how defensive stats don't encapsulate the whole discussion. Every it's it's pretty widely decided. Defensive stats cannot hold, have your whole discussion. Stop telling me that Rudy Gobert's box plus minus, defensive box plus minus, adjusted Raptor defensive box whatever, war Raptor whatever video game whatever is why he should be DPOY. And then tell me that there's issues with defensive stats. Don't 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 tell me in the same sentence that Nikola Jokic isn't a good defender, even though the advanced stats say he is, and then say that advanced stats are why Rudy Gobert should be the DPOY. You can't come to me and be like, oh, there's a lot of noise in defensive in defensive stats, and then be like, but Rudy Gobert is the best at them, so he should be DPOY. I don't care. I don't I don't care because you know what teams are not scared of seeing in the playoffs? Rudy Gobert! He kills the but he kills he kills bad teams. Absolutely kills bad teams. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you don't have if you've got a, if you've got a second game of back to back against Utah, you don't stand a chance against Rudy Gobert. You don't. You don't. He's great when you are not prepared. He gives you a great foundation of a defense. Kristaps mm. Porzingis is going to end this man because he can shoot from more than eight feet out. Uh, what happens? What happens when someone shows up that can shoot from outside of the paint? He's done. Okay, he's gotten better at switching. He's gotten better at hedging and containing that. Good. He's not good enough that people are terrified of him come playoff time. Teams, that's we're like, oh, why aren't people scared of Utah? Because everyone thinks that they can play Rudy Gobert off the floor, and until he proves he, that we can't, yeah, he's not winning my my DPOY. I, I liked him two years ago. I did. I gave him the love. I gave him that love. I, I voted for him. He, I, I was on that. I liked I mean, I voted for him. I didn't vote for him, but I, I would have. <laughs> I watched him in the playoffs. I'm like, all right, this isn't the thing anymore. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And, and here we are today. People are trying to repeat less. Three-time DPOY that gets played off the full floor in the playoffs. Excuse me? Why? What part of that signals defensive player of the year that he can get played off the floor in the playoffs? I don't care what he's doing in the regular season. I don't. Mm-mm. He can make my all-defense first team, spoilers, for a regular season, a regular season like that. No, big ups. Big ups. It's an impressive award. But I don't give a, I don't give a, I don't give a darn that he makes, he makes DPOY. He's not getting my DPOY vote. No. He's not even getting on my top three because that two. He's not either. Honestly, I. 
I can yeah. see who you have at two, and you might as well just go check down that we're five for five on picks right now. Oh my Cause, god! Because second second best defensive player, not only for his counting stats, like we say, the importance of the team, the lo- vocal leadership, and the the wisdom to get everyone in the right spots is Draymond Money Green. Yep. He he gets everyone where they need to be for the Warriors. That swarming defense is led by his ability to switch on to everyone and everything, play at the rim with everybody, go get boards push and transition and it's so crucial for him and the way that he's been playing this year with so many young guys and so many pieces to be able to get that defense back to where they need to be so that they are competitive and do have a chance to maybe take down LeBron in the play-in and go into the playoffs (laughs) I think Draymond can't be understated how valuable he's been for this Warriors team and how great he's been defensively this season okay wait 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 wait. do I go on my LeBron play-in rant right now or uh do I do Draymond Green (laughs) I mean, defensive player of the year, so you might as well talk about Draymond Green. All right, fine, but don't let me forget about this. I have, I have, I have, oh, I've, I love LeBron, but I've got some fun stuff. To, I, I, not starting, not starting, not starting. Draymond Green, defensive player of the year, is my second. Also, he is my second. Also, we, name me one guy that before they were on the Warriors was considered a good defender on this team. Yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Kelly Oubre was considered garbage. Wiggins, garbage. Steph Curry still is considered garbage, even though he's not. Kevon Looney is not considered very good even now. Jordan Poole, Nico Mannion is getting minutes. Like everyone, everyone on this roster, top to bottom, is considered a scrub defender. But this is a top 10 defense. They have one good defender, and they're a top 10 defense. That's insane. This, his presence... Mm-hmm. Has catapulted the the Warriors to a top ten defense. Just him being there and leading everybody every day, and of course his own defensive abilities. Don't get me wrong, his own ability to switch everywhere. He's his defense is just as good as it ever was. Yeah. Okay, not just as good as it ever was, but it's way better than it was last year. It's still a top defense defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Juan Toscano Anderson doesn't get paid unless he gets to play alongside Draymond Green for the last two years. Well you know what I'm saying? Well Andrew Wiggins doesn't become a lockdown potential, potential all-defensive player this year unless he's playing with Draymond Green this season, you know? Mm-hmm. And and there's so many guys that you can point to on this Warriors team that, like you said, going into the season were not considered good defenders. Kevon Looney, I mean, people liked what he could bring, but he was but by no means considered a, a starting defender. caliber defensive center. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to become someone who can switch out onto pick and rolls, who can move a little bit better, stays in front of people a lot better. And all of that just comes back to Draymond Green and what he can provide for them in the locker room, in the weight room, in the practice facility. And then after all that, also on the floor for 48 minutes when they're playing because he is so impactful for their team. It's just unbelievable to see what Draymond does defensively for the Warriors, honestly. And one of the best defensive percentages at the rim, too, for someone who defends and switches out to so many guys, could test so well at the rim without fouling a lot. He's taken down his technical fouls a little bit this season. You know, he's not at the Luka Doncic level. So, oh so it's great to see Draymond's ability, and that, that provides even more value is that he's on the floor more often. You don't have to worry about him getting suspended here or there, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's an important factor that doesn't doesn't apply to a lot of guys, but for Draymond, it's something that it's you're good to see this year because it's <laughs> troubled him in past seasons. <laughs> nice. And um, are you ready for our six for the my third pick for DPOI? Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can go six for six. In the same vein as Draymond Green being one of the only being the only good defender on his team, my third pick is one of two positive defenders on the team, 
Everyone else on the team top to bottom is considered a garbage defender. I think we Until have the, the same trade team. deadline where they acquired another guy. They also have another guy who can defend on the bench, but he doesn't play enough for me to care. Mm-hmm. His name is Jimmy Buckets, and he is my third <laughs> place with DPOY. We are six for six. We are six for six on this podcast. I am in Chaz's brain. He is in mine. That is where the chemistry comes from because oh. we read each other's minds. <laughs> Look, Jimmy Butler is leading this this Miami Heat defense to a top ten. When he's on the when he is on the court, when he is playing, they are a terrifying defense. He's locking up everybody, much in the same way as mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is. Although, of course, not as much as terrifying as the rim protector and so many other things. Yeah, there is a serious gap between him and Ben Simmons, but I consider Ben Simmons just so far ahead of everybody. Butler was without a doubt my third pick. Just the way he brings it, the way he his value is. Butler, no question, my third pick. Yeah, I mean. Jimmy Butler, 100%, has to be third here for me. I thought there was a chance we might have the same team and you might have gone with uh, with Ed Reese, you know what I'm saying? Because he has had a great season. But I think Jimmy Butler for sure has been the leading point of this defense. And when you talk about guys who, who bring so much value as a defensive player, Jimmy Butler is like second in the league in total steals right now. He really gets in the passing lanes to Hounds players. And when he's on the floor, he provides so much more energy to their team, makes so many guys better defenders, just like what Draymond does to his team. Duncan Robinson's getting strip seals. Tyler Hero's getting strict seals. Kendrick Nunn's a, a lockdown defender when Jimmy Butler's out there with him. You know, Goran Dragic turns into Manu Ginobili from, from 1997. So it's it's actually a beautiful sight to see Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat when they're really rolling defensively. We saw it in their game against Boston the other day. That was a beautiful afternoon game. And Jimmy Butler, was they were doing work in that first half, locking down. They, they let it slip a little bit in the second. And I'm sure in the playoffs, Eric Spolstra will be on them a little bit more. And you think about guys like Trevor Reza and Andre Gudala help them a lot now, but Jimmy Butler undoubtedly has been the best defender in Miami and probably one of the best defenders in the NBA, and that's why he's third on my ballot as well. Mm-hmm. Well said. Right there with you, my man. Next award we're going to move on to is the Rookie of the Year. I think LaMelo Ball has completely ran away with it. He ran away with it to start the season. Got injured, came back, and has been just a monster. Mm-hmm. He's been so good again. Full court passes, 20-point games, great defense, messing with his big brother. I love it. I love it. I think LaMelo Ball might be a unanimous unanimous rookie of the year. I don't mm-hmm. – I think I, I think that a lot of the, uh, the writers were going to get cute and try to get Tyrese Halliburton to win over Anthony Edwards. I think that now that LaMelo's back, they're all just going to be on the LaMelo ball train. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a LaMelo ball MVP. I mean, I, I don't think we'll see the MVP yet, but we'll definitely I'm see him rookie for the rookie of the year. Of the year. <laughs> my bad. My bad. No, I'm changing I think my picks right now. <laughs> I think we're definitely going to see LaMelo rookie of the year. I, I agree that and I'll be the first one to say it. I told John, too, right, right when LaMelo got hurt, I was like, I really think Tyrese has a chance at this because he was playing some of his best ball with De'Aaron Fox going out there, too, in Sacramento. And so he was really putting together a good run. But since LaMelo came back earlier, a lot of people didn't think he was going to make it back this season. Came back quickly and has been a valuable piece on that Hornets team. And Tyrese went out, I think. It's no question that LaMelo has been the best. And he's been the best all season, like you said. I think a lot of that with that pro ball has shown itself a lot in his game. And his poise on the floor is something that not a lot of guys see. It's something from a, a new generation of basketball. LaMelo Ball is, is inspiring a lot of people all over the world. It's beautiful to see what he's been doing on the floor this season. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Anthony Edwards 
will finish second in rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm still torn. I'm going to own it. I'm still torn on if I have him or Halliburton second. I I imagine you're going to say something and it will convince me. I'm going to put it out there. I, I, I imagine you are going to come in here and give some great reasoning for why so-and-so should be second. But I'm loving the way Anthony Edwards is closing games. He has mm. improved. He is the I think he is a huge part of winning on this Timberwolves team that should not be winning, but they are. I, I think that they're I, I don't know how valuable the winning is. It it feels to me like they're beating up on tanking teams and beating up on teams that don't expect them to, you know, walk mm-hmm. in and take them like a joke. Yeah. <sighs> no, I mean I think Anthony Edwards honestly is he is definitely my second on this list awesome. too. Okay, and good. I feel good I about think that then. One of the things that really put it over the top for me over him with Tyrese, and Tyrese has been great. His numbers aren't necessarily where Ants are right now, and that's not he doesn't have the same game where he gets numbers in everything that he does. He provides a lot more value all over the floor. But just because he missed some time, and Anthony Edwards has gotten so much improvement throughout his rookie season. I think we talk about even at the beginning of the year, he struggled a lot, but he was taking a lot of shots. His percentages have gone up. His scoring has gone up. His value to the team has gone up like crazy. And watching him play, he's like 500 minutes played more than almost every other rookie right now, except for Isaac Okoro. And he's scoring the pill crazily. He He's become a really a big menace for a lot of teams. And I love to see Anthony Edwards, especially the way he likes to talk his stuff in the in the pressers and in the conference. I think him and LaMelo Ball could be a long-time rivalry in the NBA. Just in those the way those two carry themselves, they, they're prepared to be superstars in this league. And I think they're really going to have a chance to do a lot for these two franchises. Because Anthony Edwards right now seems like one of the most electrifying players players in the nba there's times where i'm i'd want to tune into timberwolves games i do like watching d'angelo russell carl anthony towns but i'm there to watch anthony edwards try to dunk on every single player in the nba right now and i think that's what the minnesota timberwolves need to lead into and he's been just so good so fun so dominant all season i think he definitely deserves to be second on this on this rookie of the year voting awesome all right yeah reese third reese third Tyrese Halliburton third. He's contributed to winning on a Kings team that should not be winning at all. But look, they're winning. Mm-hmm. They're still in the playoff race, honestly. They still haven't been eliminated from the playoffs. Kind of insane. Just want to put it out there. Nine for nine. I had Edwards too also. Yeah. And then you yeah, you sealed it for me. All right. Um, let's, you want to just do rookie teams really quickly? Yeah, I guess. While we're here, let's just, uh, uh, let's just read an array of names that might make the all-rookie team. I don't really want to dive into it because it's it's I feel like all rookie teams are pretty useless. And like what what was that one year that eight guys on the first team? Like I don't care. I don't care. Like there was eight guys on the first team and they still had five guys on the second team. Like no no no, if there's eight guys on your first team, there's two guys on the second team. Like what is this lower ugh, it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Frustrated me. Cheap in the award. Cheap in an award that was already so cheap. What Let's okay. The first team will definitely be Lamelo, Edwards, Halberton, and quickly. Mm. And then fighting for that last spot on the first team, and then making up the second team: Sadiq Bay, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Isaiah Stewart, and probably Jay Sean Tate. And then fighting I mean, for the last spot on the second team. In my opinion, it's gonna be some mix of Peyton Pritchard, Faku Campazo, and James Wiseman. I think that Isaac Okora, Chuma Okiki, and R.J. Hampton all have a real argument to make. The second team, hmm. 
maybe even the first team if we really look at the numbers but I, I don't know that they're getting noticed by people in a real enough way to make either team i think there's gonna be like an rj barrett thing last year where he clearly deserved to be on a team but no one was watching his team play so everyone just kind of forgot about him <laughs> no i mean obviously those three guys we had in our top three our first team for me it was i actually do have sadiq bay and jay sean tate on my first team oh wow those two, you didn't keep quickly i just because emmanuel quickly for me he's been obviously a great guard for new york but he's been coming off the bench for them a lot and his production has not necessarily decreased, but he, he's just been limited in his role for what he's had to do and been able to do for his team. Mm -hmm. And Deshaun Tate and Sadiq Bey have gotten full reigns in there in Houston and uh, in Detroit, respectively. I mean, they're like third and fifth right now in terms of minutes played for rookies. They're both very, very high for scoring. Sadiq Bey's second in rookie scoring right now, total for the season. Like, Deshaun Tate's fifth. These guys have really been providing value for their team all season long, and I think that's something that I really see in, in Jay Shante for the Rockets for especially in a team that's been in so, so much turmoil all season, so much up and down. If you think about it, this Houston Rockets season started, Jay Shante was on the team with James Harden, right? And, and he thought he was going to have a great time. And he's turned he out to have be a great time. I like that. <laughs> and he turned out to be a starting, for, starting forward on this team and has been playing for them consistently ever since, plays really hard on both ends. And the numbers might not always be there for him in the counting stats. He doesn't always fill up the box score, but his energy and the level that he provides to the, that Rockets team, I think it can't be can't be overstated how much value he's brought to them throughout the season. And the same thing with Sadiq Bey. That's really what pushed those two to first team for me was just that they've been doing it a little bit more than Emmanuel quickly has. Like they've just had to be asked to do more, and they provided the same level of value, if not more. You know, like Sadiq Bay really shoots up hill incredibly well for the Detroit Pistons. He defends really well on the wing, and he's got a bright future as a three D guy who could could develop. You look at guys like Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, he, Sadiq Bay fits that mold. And if he can grow into one of those guys, he's going to be a real great piece for them and a great piece for the NBA moving forward. I gave quickly that last spot mostly for the opposite reason that I. The opposite reason of why I didn't give Okora, Oki, Okoro, Okiki, and Hampton spots. I think that he's in the bright lights of New York, and people are people love Emmanuel quickly. People talk about him a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping that Sadiq Bay makes it. I had him as a second teamer, yeah, as a fighting for the last spot. But he is the guy that I would pick for that spot. Him or Tillman. I really just because I think Tillman has had such an incredible impact in the minutes he's played. Mm. Mind you, they haven't been as many as some of the other guys. Yeah, it's also not to not to not to dump on like Isaiah Stewart. Like Isaiah mm. Stewart has been an absolute bucket this season. He's had some truly incredible games. He's someone I got on my second team. Honestly, I, I think Beef Stew I, has been incredible for the mm -hmm. Detroit Pistons. I, I I think Beef Stew has a real argument for first team. Also, mm. I think all those guys have a real argument for first team, in my opinion. Yeah, and I really you know it's going to come down to the voters and what they think and. I don't really care. I, I you know, I don't, I don't care what they think. We'll, we'll hear what they think when the teams come out. And, and I think the interesting say... thing is the Peyton is in my, I think will be fun is to see if that last spot, because you know, there's nine guys we listed. The first nine guys I listed, I think are all definitely making the teams in some capacity. Hmm. That last spot is really going to be an interesting one because will, I think Faku Compazzo has without a doubt been the most impactful of any of those last rookies I named. He's been contributing to winning. He's been on a winning team. He's now starting. He's had some big games. His He closes games for the Nuggets now, and he's awesome. But he's also 30. Yeah. 
He's you know, are we getting a Pablo Prioni thing here right now? Where uh, we got an old man on the all rookie team? I like it. I like it. Mm -hmm. But my man Faku is probably going to get dinged for that. Yeah. Peyton Pritchard is in the uh, surprisingly media heavy market. I was going to call it a big market. It's a media heavy market of Boston. <laughs> James Wiseman was the second overall pick. I think that those guys are really going to be fighting for the last spot. I'm interested to see what happens with it. Yeah, I mean, a name I, I don't think you've mentioned yet, and honestly has a few game winners this season, had he not missed some time, might have made my first team, and he definitely is on my second, Cole Anthony. Oh my god, did I forget Cole Anthony? Cole Anthony has been an absolute bucket for the Orlando Magic. He's fourth in point-per-game scoring for all rookies this year. He's just, like we said, he missed a little bit of time, but he's been an absolute force. You, you listed off so many guys on Orlando. I was like, did I miss Cole's name? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I missed Cole's name. Cole's on my first team. <laughs> no, um, Cole's on my second team because he missed a lot of games. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I have a deep argument for that. Cole Anthony has a bunch of game winners and has been a real starting point guard that's actually winning games for his team. Yeah. I got Cole Anthony on my second team for that. Cole Anthony is awesome. Cole Anthony is probably one of the most talented rookies that I get to watch play. I think he could start on your favorite team. Mm -hmm. Unless your favorite team has an all-star point guard, at which point I think he'd be a great sixth man on your favorite team. And speaking of which, should we just kick it straight to, to sixth man of the year then? Yeah, but it's my least favorite award. I was kind of hoping we could drag this out because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I feel it's so arbitrary. Like, Lamar Odom lost one year because he started too many games, but not more than half. I, I don't, I, I'd rather a player of, of the year. I'd rather just a player of the year award, replacing both sixth man and MIP. Mm. That way we could give it to Derrick Rose and I wouldn't feel bad. <laughs> I just think this is a stupid award. The top two will be Clarkson and Ingles in some order, depending on how cute the NBA media is feeling. Mm -hmm. And uh, putting it out there, the NBA, the NBA media has seemed to be feeling pretty cute. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see Ingles beat Clarkson because oh. Ingles is shooting like some insane true shooting percentage, despite mm -hmm. Clarkson being the one who's creating a lot of those open looks for Ingles. Um, so I don't really care. And as far as the third slot, I want it to be Derrick Rose. So I'm going to say it's Derrick Rose. That's fair. I mean, for when I put down my ballot, I had Jordan Clarkson at one and then everybody else at two and three because I think Jordan <laughs> Clarkson's been far and away the sixth man of the year. He definitely was in the first half of the season. And that Utah Jazz, just because they do so much by committee, I think when, when one guy's stats start looking good, everyone's numbers start looking good. And, he, you know, Joe Ingles' numbers look great and he has been great for them. I think Jordan Clarkson's really the driving force off the bench for them and that's why... I just wouldn't put two guys from the same team off six because now this is a sixth and a seventh man. Like, this yeah. is not a sixth man again. You can't That's why I hate the award. That's why I hate the award. So, for, for me, honestly, I had two and three. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't really go into much in-depth research as to who is going to be the most in, the most enticing first, second, third, sixth men for the voters. I picked the guys that I like the most and think contributed the most off the bench. And so, at two, I had Miles Bridges because I think he's been electric for that Hornets team. He goes and catches everything Lamel throws to them. He score, he's been shooting incredibly efficiently for himself. A much improved season, although he's not in my most improved ballot. But he's come, come off the bench really well for them, accepted that role and played really well in it. And I think he's been part of a, a exciting, fun, run-and-gun Hornets team to watch. And then at third, a guy who's missed a little bit of time recently but could end up saving Giannis and his, his chances in the playoffs this year. Bobby Portis. 
I think he's been an absolute bucket for the Bucks off the bench. Spaces the floor really well for them and can protect the rim as well. Shooting lights out from his corner spots. And when he can get back on the floor, I think he's a really valuable piece. Him and P.J. Tucker in the front court with Giannis is, is going to be a, a nice rotation for them to run through in the playoffs. Definitely. I definitely don't disagree with you on there. But it is a shame that our streak was broken at 10. Mm. Very sad. 10 for 12. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I love Bobby Portis. Yeah, uh, I love Miles Bridges. MIP. Hmm. Uh, I put down one name. Yeah, I hate I this award. I, I hate we're this back award. on track. <laughs> I hate this award. Can we just one, two, three. Julius Randall. Orange Julius Randall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, do the Knicks still have those orange jerseys? I I hope so. Somewhere. I'm so bad at like. Uh, <laughs> I never can remember what jerseys teams are actually wearing. I never remember what team is playing which day, who, what team is playing which team which day. I, I'll be like, oh, this guy had a great game, and this guy had a great game, and I'll forget that they played each other. Or no, no, <laughs> I'll remember they played each other. I'll forget what day the game was, mm. which was an issue the other week when we had the back-to-back Memphis-Portland games. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Julius Randle is an all-star. Julius Randle is going to make my all-NBA team. Uh, mm. Julius Randle, people are saying he's an MVP candidate, and I think they are – how about this? You're not a candidate if you're not a top three, and I don't think Julius Randle belongs in your top three. Yeah. But I still, mean, big ups Julius Randle. He's had an incredible season. Obviously, the work that he puts in, a, a little bit of it has to be said. I'm going to gonna credit Tom Thibodeau a little bit for this award just because of the, the scheme he uses. Julius Randle does lead the league in minutes right now, I'm pretty sure. It's, it's him and Nikola Jokic at one and two. So, yeah, one of them is going to be the MVP and the other one's going to be the most improved because Julius Randle gets a lot of PT. But he's also improved his skills dramatically. His shooting percentages are way up. His splits are incredibly, incredibly efficient for what he had been in his seasons in the past. And if you think about this next team going into the season, no one really thought New York had a real shot of even necessarily making the playoffs. Like maybe they were a play-in team, maybe they were back in the lottery, but Julius Randle has turned this roster around and he's been so good this season. All-star season, obviously, and, and Julius Randle is the number one on my list. I mean, at two and three, I have guys that I think we, we've called since literally the beginning of the season in Jeremy Grant and Christian Wood for me, but it's it's not a close two and three. It's just I had to pick another two and three to go on this list behind Julius Randle. Like, I, I'm going to be <laughs> honest and say I didn't even pick a two and three. I mean, I guess Jeremy Grant will be my two, and I don't – I'll have to look at who played more games between Christian Wood and Slim Duck for me. If to... Slim Duck had not gone hurt, he would, he would be on this list for me. But Christian if, Wood if... had a bigger jump than him, and they both missed about the same amount of games, I think, so it ended up being C. Wood. Uh I'll trust you on that. I mean, Chris Boucher, 59. Christian oh, Wood like 41 played 41. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm giving that to Boucher. 18 more games. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Still about third, the third place. place third place MIP. Oh, no. I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. I finished fourth in MIP voting in the year 2020. In the 2021, um, I don't know what to call this season. I don't, I don't know what to call this season. <laughs> Shortened season? Called the hardest season. I don't know. Um, I, once LeBron wins the ring, this will be the hardest season and the hardest playoffs of all time. That's my call. <laughs> That's my call for the rant coming later. Ugh. Coach the of the from... year! Mm-hmm. Will definitely be Monty Williams, especially if Chris Ball doesn't win MVP. Yep. Quinn Snyder second, and mm-hmm. I guess Steve Nash probably third, maybe Doc Rivers third. I don't. 
I, I'd like to. See, I, I would like Frank Vogel to get a little more love. I think he deserves a little more love. Probably fifth place kind of love, but hey, I think yeah. he deserves that fifth place kind of love. If you're not I mean, first, if you're not first or second in Coach of the Year, who really cares? It's wh- what what's the history of Coach of the Year winners, anyways? Like I don't, I don't. Nick Nurse won it last year, and his team struggled a lot this year. It's not his fault, obviously, but it's it's just to say, Coach of the Year. It, it often depends a lot about the pieces that are in the locker room with you. You know, there's only you can only do with what you have. And Monty Williams, to his credit, has done a great job with this Phoenix Suns team. Having Chris Paul obviously helps because it's an extension of the coach on the floor. And, and yeah, I have Quinn Snyder too as well just because well, the only thing that set him apart for me really was the fact that Quinn Snyder has been running the system a little bit with Utah and that they have pretty much their entire team come back from last year. So it just seems a little bit easier to try to, to keep your team rolling. But it's, it's no discredit to what the Utah Jazz have done. They've been an incredibly efficient shooting team, a great defensive team. I just like what Monty Williams has done in Phoenix a little bit more. And that's why he he edges it out. And then, honestly, at third place, I put Tibbs, just because just because I, I needed I a like third guy. A like, <laughs> I like that more than I like that more than Doc. I like that more than Steve Nash. Boom. I'm making I'm making Tibbs my third now. Good call. Just because one of the things I heard recently about to speak on Julius Randle is he's been putting in obviously a lot of extra work, extra hours in the gym. And one thing that he said that really has motivated him and helped push him this season is the fact that every every morning, early morning or late night that he's in the gym by himself or he, the gym's dark and he comes in there, the only light that's on is Tibbs up in his office with the light on up there. And so if you're out there working by yourself at 5 in the morning or at 11 at night after a game, you go get extra shots up and you see the only other person in the building is your head coach also grinding, that, that does push you a little bit more. And I think that brings a lot of value for what Tibbs is to, as a – person in an organization and so that's that's why i ended up third on my list i thought it was a nice little cool story of of the new york Knicks spirit that's brewing down there in the mecca i i don't know if i want to count that for how many we got the exact same because i just didn't put a lot of thought into my coach of the year award but mm-hmm. we should have uh maybe i shouldn't have we we got 14 of these same selections <laughs> i think that's like four that weren't the same literally hallelujah um <laughs> All NBA should be fun. Yeah. I'm really excited. Three lines of two guards, two forwards, and one center. It mm. monumentally fails to capture where the NBA functions in the verticality area, about verticality era, but who cares? In my opinion, this is a pure regular season award and a pure recognizing of good regular seasons award. I don't care about your playoffs. I don't care what you do in the playoffs. I don't care if you aren't even going to make the playoffs, although it will help your case. You know, winning games is the most important thing you can do in basketball. Mm-hmm. All NBA, all defense, and the rookie awards, the only awards that I consider fully and entirely regular season awards. I will never talk about them in a playoff sense. I will never be like, they have two all NBA first team guys. In the playoffs, like two guys that were on the All-NBA first team last year, you know, obviously going into this year's playoff, we'll be like, they have an All-NBA first teamer. Mm-hmm. But you guys who are All-NBA first team this year, I'm not going to next year be like, they have a guy that's on that was on the All-NBA first team. That's just not how that kind of award works in my mind, you know? Last year, yeah. he had a great regular season, not next year. You know, I, I, I hope that made sense explaining it. I didn't have that written down. That's mm. usually one of the confusing things I like to have written down. So my top five MVPs will not be my first team. My top five DPOYs will not be my all-defensive team. That's your warning. And it doesn't even factor in positions. Even if my top five MVPs all fit positionally, they mm-hmm. wouldn't be my top five MVP. They wouldn't be my all-NBA. 
Even if my top five DPA, DPLY all fit positionally, they would not be my all defensive first team. Mm-hmm. Now, side note, most players are not counted at two positions. In the past, you would split your vote if you voted at two positions. I, I think that has changed. It sounds like that has changed just by the way that the NBA media is talking about it. And that now is just total points, but, but we'll yeah. see. For example, Embiid and Jokic are both counted at forwards and centers. I'm not voting for either of them as forwards. I think that that's – no. I think it's – Neither of them Either go full positionless or don't. Don't do this, like, toe-dipping bull thing we've got here. This is a joke. And I'm not Bill Simmons coming out here being like, oh, it used to be like this and players suffered. Why change now? It's not fair to the player. I'm not doing that. If you're going to have positions on the ballot, have positions on the ballot. If you're not, then don't. Don't mm -hmm. do this little half-in, half-out thing. I'm personally for, for positionless ballots. But until you do that, don't make me vote with positions. If my first team can't be Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, uh, some other short guard called Isaiah Thomas and Russell Westbrook, then I don't care. <laughs> if I can't have that five, that five as my positionless starting first team all first team all NBA, mm -hmm. don't get let me count Nikola Jokic as a forward. He's more of a guard than he is a forward. He has not played one minute of forward. Mm. Uh. Yeah, at least for Embiid and Jokic, those guys definitely just they don't play the forward. Like they, no, they never play the forward. Never. never. Why? Oh. Mm. Okay. Kick it off with the first team. I'm gonna be interested to see how much of our first teams of our teams are the same, but I'm not. Do we, should I keep track of that? If you want to, I'll be honest. I like I have my teams written down. The more every single time I look at my team, I want to change them. So like, this is it's really just gonna be up for discussion for me. It, oh no, for me, I wrote down my teams and I haven't changed them once. Oh, like, I haven't changed them, but I, I'm looking at them and then I had a little like list underneath of guys who I haven't put on who I thought might deserve. And every single time, I'm like, wow, I don't have him on my team, but he might actually be a first team guy. I've I <laughs> that actually hasn't happened to me once. I made my teams and I said, yeah. I don't have All any right. arguments for anything else. All Actually, right. there's one. There's one that I've that's been eating away at me, and you'll be able to tell right away because he's not on my first team. Mm. My first team: Stephen Curry, Luka mm -hmm. Doncic, Julius Randle, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic. Okay. Okay. So this was a question I had when I was doing my Luka all NBA teams was can he he's a guard forward forward guard it doesn't matter where I put him or is he it doesn't matter a he's, a, uh, he's a guard and a forward okay so I, I, it doesn't matter so I'm like you know what I'm mm -hmm. not I'm putting him as a guard because I can that's fair I have him I'll be honest with you Julius Randle Luka Doncic are not on my first team right now fair Someone who is definitely going to be a controversial pick, but I think other than he's someone who hasn't missed a lot of time in the season where a lot of people have, he's scored incredibly well, even though his team has struggled a little bit. And I think the steps that he's taken in his game, along with his, his recent tears, have really put him up here for me. It's going to be Jason Tatum. What? I think Jason Tatum, he's top five scorer in the league right now. He's like seventh in the league in points per game. And Isn't he's been... Yes, no, he's not. outscoring Luka Doncic. I can guarantee that. Hold on. And <laughs> what did I? What numbers did I have written down then? He's averaging twenty six point three points a game. Yeah. 
What? Is that not that's not top in the top five in the league? Top ten? I know that for a fact. He's top ten because I had him looking it's at it. It's not top five. It's not top five, but Luca's not top five either. Luca's number six, and Jason's number seven. Jason's number Jason's number twelve. Number twelve. What's number that? Are you looking at? The, the on ESPN points per game. Mm. Okay, I mean, I'll I don't. Either way, I think what Jason Tatum has done for Boston this season <laughs> in a team that's struggled a lot in creativity and with depth, his scoring has been great and his in impact on the team has been great. And I think for if I'm looking at an all-NBA season, I think Jason Tatum has been an impressive guy in Boston. He's just dropped multiple career highs back-to-back -back in a time when Boston has really needed him to push. And I think the playoffs are really where he's going to separate this apart. I have a different outlook on our all-NBA teams, honestly. I have Jason Tatum on my first team, and I have Chris Paul on my first team because I think he's been incredibly impactful for his team, and I love what he's done, and I think this season has been so great. Chris Paul deserves to be up there for me. But then I after have, that, Steph, Steph, Giannis, and Jokic were locks for me on that team. I have all respect for having Chris Paul on the first team. Mm -hmm. I, I would have I, I had – if I had to put Chris Paul on the first team, I would have bumped Steph, putting that out mm. there. I think what Luca's done this season has been much has been much more impressive than Steph. I think they have equally garbage rosters, <laughs> and uh, the the Mavericks are the five seed right now and look like they're going to keep it. Whereas the Warriors are the eight seed, mm -hmm. and if the Grizzlies hadn't fallen apart, they would be the nine. And for your Jason Tatum, I want I had the exact opposite thought as you. Mm. I looked at this Celtics team and I said, "Wow, they've fallen apart." They've they've fallen apart from their team that was supposed to be top three. People were saying top two. People were saying best team in the East. All kinds of stuff. And they've fallen apart. I'm not mm -hmm. making you first team All NBA when your team's underperforming. The most important thing to me is winning. This Celtics team is not winning. Jason Tatum's been having these career highs lately. They're the seven seed. They lost the six seed. They're the seven seed now. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna get. They're, they they better not fall below below the Charlotte Hornets. I doubt they will. That's a big four game four game spread. Wait. Yeah, they're not gonna fall from the seven seed. They they lost the grasp. They lost their chance to hold the to get the six seed. They've fallen into the seven. They're probably they. I doubt they move back into the six. Maybe if mm. they could take the five before the season ended, I'd have more of a discussion. I left Tatum off my teams completely because of that. That's I thought fair. his scoring numbers weren't that great. I looked at some other numbers. I'm like, look, he's had a great season, but he just doesn't contribute to enough winning for me. Uh, I think what Jason Tatum brings on this team, he's been, he's been one of my most exciting players to watch. Oh, one of the most not disagreeing with that. Entertaining players and also elite players in the NBA this season. I've loved what Jason Tatum has done all year long. You know who I'm <laughs> shocked if you weren't you were gonna put Tatum on your first team over? Mm. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Which leads to my second team. I don't think we need to, to defend Nikola Jokic, Julius, or Giannis Antetokounmpo. We already talked about Stefan Luka. Mm -hmm. Do we want to talk about Randall later or Randall now, actually, before we jump to the second team? I mean, Julius Randall, for me, he's, he's had a is, great year. Wait, is he your second team? Where is he? I have him on third team. You have him on third team. Let's do Randall right now. Randall's had an insane year, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He has led a New York team to the fourth seed. He is the only guy who you'd look at and be like, oh, yeah, he was considered a good player last year. R.J. Barrett has kind of stepped up into that role. Derrick Rose has been – that's my dog losing its mind. <laughs> um, Derrick Rose has stepped up big time. Mm. Um, I love seeing that. I love seeing what Derrick Rose is doing. But this is Randall's team that he's led to – people thought that the Knicks were going to be the worst team in the league. 
Do you do you remember that before the season? Yeah. People said that they would be worse than the Pistons. I'm like, that's insane. I was like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. I was like, at worst, you're looking at like a 13. Yeah. Then some teams will fall apart. Tibbs doesn't tank. Maybe a 12, 11. They are a four, mm-hmm. which is so impressive to me. I'm going to give him all the points for that. Yeah, I think Julius, like I said, I've looked at my teams and I wanted to change them. I think Julius Randle's been amazing. Mm-hmm. I think he's had a great year for this team and he's been hugely important. I just, like I said, I thought Jason Tatum, he's on this list for me. Mm-hmm. He might as well be off this list because there's guys who literally didn't make my teams who I think can be on the first team. So the All-NBA is always such a toss-up. We're going to take a two-minute break right here. That All right, problem. we're back. <laughs> we're back. I probably should have warned Chaz before I just abruptly started the recording again, but I didn't. We're back, and he wasn't ready for it. My sister was locked out of the house, so I had to let her back in really quick, and my dog was losing his mind because mm-hmm. he's been depressed and sad all day because he loves her more than me. But it's okay. I'm not hurt. Um, <laughs> we're back. We're talking. We got... I, I I see the argument for not having Randall on your first team. I think he's a first teamer for me. Mm. I, I he wasn't a lock in my mind. Yeah. But the only the only <clears throat> he wasn't a lock in my mind, but the only guy that I considered a true lock was Nikola Jokic. Mm. And if if it was positionless, Joel Embiid would have been a lock for my first team. Oh yeah. The amount of value that he's brought, even though he's missed a bunch of games, has been insane to me. Like the value per the value you know. He has such insane value per minute that I think he has brought more value than most players have in their full seasons. <laughs> I think he's brought more value than Giannis's full season. How about that? Mm. I mean, and, I, I really almost put Embiid over Jason Tatum in my forward, but then I didn't want to get in the trouble of having to pick a fourth center for all NBA. That's, that's why I don't like this. That's why I don't like this. Because because who's making – Clint Capella's going to make all NBA now? <laughs> I love Clint, but Clint Capella's gonna make All NBA because Joel Embiid because I can't put Russell Westbrook as my center. <laughs> not okay with that. Mm. My second team. I guess we're gonna have some really different teams then. So I'm not I'm not keeping track anymore. Mm. I have yeah, Chris Paul the third, or Chris CP three, mm-hmm. uh, Emmanuel. I I don't know how you say his name. All funny. <laughs> it's just his middle name's Emmanuel. <laughs> Uh, CP3, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, uh-huh. Jimmy Butler, mm. and Joel Embiid. My lock, Joel Embiid locked, locked on. Absolutely, I think. I mean, we are we are pretty close on this one. Honestly, I have Dame on this team as well. I think he's been an absolute torch in in Portland as usual. Everything that we expect from Damian Lillard add more this season. He's been a really consistent piece on a Blazers team that's been up and down all season. And I think his shooting has really been just amazing to watch what he does for that team on a night-in, night-out basis. He's been doing it every day. He belongs up here. I had Luca, Luca, my other guard here, actually. And then Kawhi I have as well. Joel I have as well. But actually, instead of Jimmy, I had someone who I expected you to have. And I couldn't put Jimmy here just because I felt bad not putting... The king. I had I had to put LeBron on this team. Twenty five, eight and eight. I mean, I know he's missed a lot of time. I know he's unless you tell me an absurd amount of games played right now. If it's anything above like forty nine, 
that I'm going to give him the second team right now because I think LeBron's been great when he played. Wait, wait, what do you mean 49? How many games Jimmy has played? No, how many games Braun has played? 43. Okay, then yeah, never mind. <laughs> then Jimmy Butler can have this spot because he's the one who, who's sitting on third team ready to take it from him anyway. So yeah. Jimmy Butler could take that because LeBron's had a great year. Let me just say that. I think he belongs on this team just because of the stats he puts up. But I, I did not – have not checked LeBron's games played. I literally just penciled him into All-NBA second team because that's what you do with LeBron James. Yeah, <laughs> what... no, I really had to fight myself to, to not be a homer with LeBron. <laughs> I looked at how many games he's played, and I said, how much value has he brought in those games compared to these other guys? Mm -hmm. Funny, Jimmy and Kawhi have both played 50 games right now. I, I could – I'm saying it, and I'm like, maybe I put LeBron over Kawhi. <laughs> maybe? Ugh, I get on the phone with you, and suddenly I'm like looking at everything in another light. I, 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 I think Kawhi, Kawhi's had, you know, he's, it's always a quiet season with Kawhi. 25, <laughs> six and a half, five, 5.1 assists, 51, 40, 88 shooting. Clippers oh, are the third seed, tied yeah. – third seed right around fighting fighting to keep the third seed right now mm. I, I don't know whenever I tune in to watch them I just I either don't see Kawhi or I don't see him playing exceptionally well and I you know I'm like but I watch LeBron I'm like LeBron's the best player on the planet so yeah I mean I think it's it's just by virtue of who he is I guess his play style obviously Kawhi is a little a little less flashy with what he does especially during the regular season, but he has been a dominant force when he's been on the floor. And he's been, his defense for, our, as much as we talked about Kawhi's, how he's slowed down since his, his years in San Antonio and he's less of a lockdown, he still gets in the lanes really well. And I think he's, he's sliding a lot better than he has in past years. He looks like he's moving better this season than he has a lot. He's playing back-to-backs a little more often. So Kawhi really got that second team for me, especially with how well the Clippers have done during the regular season. I'm fine with that. I have him on my second team. I'm exactly. fully there. And I mean, MB, do we need to start? He's he's top three MVP finishers yeah. just by the virtue of the way the ballot <laughs> is set up that he is on the second team. Mm -hmm. For me, I had CP3 on my second team okay. just because I really thought – I mean, I, told, I said it. A regular season award for me. Mm. CP3 has had a great regular season but not, not a transcendent level. Stephen Curry has had a transcendent offensive <laughs> offensive season. He's having one of the best offensive seasons we've ever seen. Luka yeah. Doncic is doing pretty much is like right behind him in terms of just wow, the way this guy is playing offenses is insane. Mm -hmm. And that's more for what I'm looking for on my All NBA ballot than I am the guys that are you know leading their team the best. Even though I do give them respect, don't get me wrong. That's why Chris Paul's second team, even though his counting <laughs> stats are like. Great, mm -hmm. but not great, but not like game changing for sure. Third team, third team. Let's hear it. This is where it gets real interesting for me. I, I'm looking at my list, it's very possible that you literally have five different players right now. I it's 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 actually impossible because I only have four names. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't pick a last player, I could not pick the last spot. I okay. couldn't. I got for my guards. Mm. Actually, no, I'm gonna start with the center because I think it's the least controversial pick rudy gobert yeah not controversial at all mm -hmm. my guards mm -hmm. donovan mitchell mm. russell westbrook mm. i my like it my forwards lebron james 
and I cannot pick another forward for the life of me. I have all the numbers in front of me. I kind of hoped I would pick in the moment, and I'm just not sure anymore. You know who it has to be. It's the it's the fishing man himself. Playoff P. Playoff P, baby. No, I mean I, I like I said, our teams are actually much more similar. Obviously, I got Gobert at the center. He has to be there. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook at the guard because he's been so such a great player for this team. I think the Wizards. So much was made of this wall Westbrook trade at the beginning of the season. Uh, both teams got worse. Neither I, player belongs in the league anymore. Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> I want to say, I want to say, you were on the John Wall, you were on the the Rockets fleece the Wizards bandwagon at the start. Hey, I didn't say fleeced. I just said I like the fact that John Wall is still a very good NBA player, and the fact that Russell Westbrook is still going to be good for them. But I didn't know what him and Bradley Beal could do as a long term situation. Sure. Hey, sure. We, we can run the clips. We can run the clips. There's no. I have never slandered Russell Westbrook because I believe in what Russell Westbrook can do, and I know Brody's capable of being an All NBA guy, and that's why he's on this team for me. He's been huge. Obviously, when we're recording this, he's tied with Big O for with 181 triple doubles. He's about to set that record. I'm pretty sure, like tonight against the Hawks. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Russell Westbrook for being all time triple double leader right now. And if it's oh. not tonight, maybe it's it's oh, the next game because that's just what he does. And if it's not tonight, it's probably Wednesday when they play the Hawks again. <laughs> Literally, so. I- yeah, I just for- loved watching Russell Westbrook this year. The numbers he's been put up have been outstanding. He is willing. He is willing this Wizards team to the playoffs. They mm. were bottom of the of the East. I remember being on like, look, they lost six games in a row to start the season. To bounce back from that is going to be insane. They then went on an eight game winning streak later in the season. They're seven and three over their last ten. They are thirty two and thirty six on the season at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. Good for the nine seed. They got the tiebreaker over the Pacers. They are they they are not losing. I do not think that they are going to fa- fall out. But you know, we said that before, and then I look like an idiot. <laughs> I'm loving this. This West Westbrook resurgence has been gorgeous. Mm-hmm. No one, I guess the West, the Wizards didn't do a good enough job publicizing. Hey, he's still hurt. He's not back into playing shape since the uh, tiny off season kind of got in the way. Mm-hmm. But hey, he's back. And I think he's without a doubt one of the six yeah. best guards in the league. Hundred percent. And let's just say if he if they are at the nine seed, which they look like they're probably going to hold because they have the tiebreaker over the Pacers, and I don't know if they're going to jump the Hornets, but if they end up from the nine seed going into the eight as the playoffs, I will be thrilled to get a Russell Westbrook Joel Embiid first round matchup with with the amount of animosity that those two have had in past times. I'm excited to see the type of dunks and and throwdowns and stare-downs that are going to be held in that series. And let me just say, my other, my other guard forwards for the third team, I, I rest book at the first guard. I got Kyrie Irving as my other guard. Oh. And look, Donovan Mitchell, it's really hard for him to leave it off this list, especially just because of the winning that they've done. Had he not missed some time in the second half of the season, I think he would have been a lock. But Kyrie has actually been incredible for the Brooklyn Nets, even though he has missed time here and there throughout the season. But when he plays, he's an elite scorer, elite leader for this team. Absolutely insane shooting splits. Like him and Kevin Durant, who's someone that was we both left off this list completely. And it's it's really just because of the virtue of the games played. Let me just yeah, say he's that. Played thirty games. Like, yeah. <laughs> like LeBron and KD are, are on neither of our teams right now. I guess LeBron's on your third team. But like for me, I don't have LeBron or KD here just because they haven't played enough. Both of them are, are obviously all world players. I thought you said you had LeBron on the second team. Yeah, but I took him off for Jimmy Butler because he doesn't belong there. Clearly, like. 
<laughs> but then I had Julius Randle and Paul George as my forwards on the third team, just because those two have been. PG is forty eight percent from three this year. His numbers Paul, are. Paul George hasn't played that many more games. Paul mm. George is at fifty one. Yeah. And I, I'm just gonna say forty three games of LeBron versus fifty one games of playoff P. I'm taking LeBron. If it was like a twelve game gap, I'd be like, okay. Mm. But you're talking like eight games. I don't even. And Paul George has missed a lot. Paul George has had a lot of stinkers. Paul George had such a stinker against the Nuggets that it literally dropped him from being a 90% free throw shooter to being an 87% free throw shooter. That's how big a stinker he put up against the Nuggets. I just, I was like, I don't need that much. I don't, I don't have that much in on my Paul George stock. Hmm. That's, you know, each their own. They each it's, their own. It's a full season award. I think he was I, really dominant at the beginning of the year, and I'm going to take that he has struggled a little bit in the second half. Maybe, yes. Got a lot more guys healthy, a lot more minutes. He's getting less touches and less shots. I think we're gonna see Paul George be a, in full effect come playoff time. I'm gonna be honest. In my in my rankings, I, I wrote that I wish I could give that last forward spot to Kyrie Irving. If I could consider like Mitchell as a forward or 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 Westbrook as a forward, because there's no way you can consider Kyrie as a forward, right? No. I would give Kyrie in. I want Kyrie in. He's 27.4 points, 4.8 rebs, 6.2 assists. 50, 39, 93, a hair mm. under 50, 40, 90, 51 games played. I, I would love it. Um, I am. The, I did not even take half a second to consider giving this spot to James Harden. He had a great, he had, uh, he play, only played 42 games this season, only played 34 with Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Apparently I'm the only person who remembers that he tanked half the season for the Rockets. I, I, I don't have him and I don't have Zion either. I don't know what this, this Zion thing where this Zion thing came from. Yeah. It's <sighs> too many good forwards in the league for Zion's numbers to overtake any of them. Like it's and, and they're great numbers. Twenty seven points, seven point two rebounds, three point seven assists, sixty one for mm-hmm. the field, seventy from the free throw line. He doesn't shoot a three a game. He shoots thirty percent on about half a three a game, so I don't really care yeah. about that number. Um wh- <laughs> I, I just don't see how that beats out like to Jason Tatum. 26.3 points, 7.3 rebounds, 4.4 assists. I don't see how that beats out. Like, I, I, if you want to value the games, how, how I wrote it is that LeBron has played 43 games and has been the best player in the league during 42 of those 43 games. When he was playing, he had a real shot at DPOY and MVP, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He got injured, missed a bunch of games. So did everyone else. I would take LeBron's 43 over Paul George's 52. But if you wanted to argue that Tatum's 60 or Zion's 62 was bigger, I'd listen. Mm. I'd listen to that. I just don't think Zion. I, I just think, look, Zion's the 11 seed. His team isn't winning. Yeah. I don't get, like, for me, winner, winning matters. Winning matters. Every player that we've listed is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The only players that are in the play-in, LeBron, Steph, and Westbrook. And Dame. And Dame, I forgot Dame. All right, yeah, four for four for fifteen actually, but no one is out of the play-in. Mm-hmm. The lowest seed we have is a nine seed, which is the Wizards. Yeah, so we have one guy outside of the top eight. Everyone else is a top is on a top eight team. And I'll tell you what, there's the, the only reason that Bradley Beal is not on any, any of these teams is also because the Wizards are a nine seed right now. Because he's had a great year himself. He's second in the league in scoring right now. Would have been first if Steph Curry didn't just 
go off for 49 and three quarters the other night. But... And, 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 and Beal tried to put up 50 to get ahead, and nope, nope, no ground gain. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this, this points per game battle at the end of the season. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to see a, a Shaq David Robinson 70 to close the season, it seems like. I cannot wait for it. You want to move on to all defense to close it up? Yeah, let's do it. And the spirit of only doing the parts that matter is we are not doing two all-defensive teams. We're going to do one, and I'll probably name a few guys that should make the second team. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to have the same first team, Chaz. You want to you want to list off? You want okay? You want to list off your first four guys and leave the fifth spot empty, because I feel like we have a different fifth spot. But I feel like we both know each other's first four spots. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you what I got here. Obviously, we have to have our three guys that were on the DPOI ballot, at least for me, just because they've also been so great defensively. So it's Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Jimmy Butler. Then I have my all-NBA third-team center, Rudy Gobert, here. Same here. And and last but not least, it's honestly a toss-up. I really do want to give it to Joel Embiid, but I ended up penciling in Giannis on my first team. You can't. It has to be a guard. Does it have to be? That was one of the things. I did not know if there was positions for defensive teams. There is still positions for defensive teams. That's outrageous. I, I would argue it's less outrageous because I feel like your first team would be like, my first team would be like Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid, and Clint Capella. Like, Bam out of bio. <laughs> Bam out of bio. Be like regular season defenders, boom, all, we're, we're, we're locked. All five, we got five guys over six foot nine. If it has I get to it. be a guard. Then. It has to be a guard, and that tripped me up. Because mm-hmm. I went in and I did I did a lot of looking at the numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, we talked about Butler, we talked about Simmons, we talked about Draymond Green. We we did a little bit of dumping on Rudy Gobert, but the Utah Jazz are like 17 points per game better when he's on the floor. Yeah, and like eight of those come from defense. He is the best regular season defense. When you don't have time to game plan for Rudy Gobert, he is impossible. He ruins your night. He makes you have to work. He's mm-hmm. not what you want to deal with when deal with on a regular Tuesday night in April. That's how you win all defensive first team. And I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. That's not a shot at Rudy Gobert. I looked at the all defensive guards. You know, I was looking at guys. I was thinking, oh, like maybe Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Not great stats. Marcus Smart. Not great stats. And the Boston Celtics are a horrible defense. Yeah. Below average. They're the 18th. RJ Barrett. Matisse Thibel. You're going to hate who I picked. I I know who it is because I have him as like my last guy on second team because I figured I, he must be here. You're going to hate who I picked. I picked Alex Caruso. <laughs> He's near the top. He is near. He is top 10 in every single defensive advance stat I could find. The Lakers are, a, are the number one defense. And you know what? I don't. I just. I, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I got Alex Caruso as the last guy on my all-defensive first team. Top 5 or 10 in every single defensive stat. Defensive box plus minus, defensive win shares, threes and dunks defensive stats, uh, NBA.com's defensive stats, anything you can, any defensive stats leaderboards I could find, Alex Caruso was near the top. Look, on the top-ranked uh, defense in the league. Look, Alex Caruso, they're not the top-ranked defense in the league. That's the New York Knicks right now. Are they? Did they fall? Wait, where's my team defenses? I'm pretty according sure it's the to Knicks. according to unless it ha- changed. Nope. They the Lakers have a 106.8 defensive rating. The New York Knicks are 108.1 at fourth. Okay. Though the Philadelphia well, 76ers are uh, 
a fraction of a of a of a point a fraction of a tenth of a point away from uh, mm. taking the first spot from the Los Angeles Lakers. And Matisse Thibault wasn't on any of those those top five, top ten players lists like Alex Caruso was? Oh, he was. He was. But he, he had like 15 minutes a game. Yeah, it's true. He, I got mean... caught by, he got caught by my filters. I had to move my filters down because my filters were too high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alex Caruso for me is just, he's someone who's who's made a name for himself in the NBA as a defender, I guess. I guess um, he's he's earned his contract as someone who's plays defense, but he's not an all NBA defensive first team for guy for me. Honestly, if I have to pick a guard, you have to pick a guard. Uh, yeah, exactly. Dude, I'm giving exactly. it to TJ McConnell. I'm giving it to TJ leading the league in steals McConnell. Oh my God. Can we get, <laughs> can we, can we get some celebration noises in here? Oh man. I need like a soundboard so I can have celebration noises pumped in. I didn't think of TJ McConnell. I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll I like he, that. I don't hate that. I don't. I but, definitely like it over Alex Caruso. If that's my last spot. I mean, I think Drew Holiday obviously is going to be a tough ask as a first team, just because he does struggle here and there. He's not the defender he once was. He's still a very good guard defender, but when Kevin Porter Jr. puts fifty on you, it's a problem. Um, yeah. And I mean, then he did lock up Kyrie, but then Kyrie had like forty the next night or something. Like. My, yeah. my issue with Drew Holiday is that, like, yes, if if you look, it, is that it depends on how you approach the all-defensive team assignment. Do you want the five best playoff defenders? And it's like, no, no, the all-defense team is not a playoff award at all. You mm-hmm. won't let me talk. All these guys, they won't talk about playoffs for the MVP. They won't. They're like, I try not to talk about all-defense. You want a guy that you know you can get one stop in the playoffs when you're down, when you're up one, you need a stop. I don't want to call him out because I idolize the guy who's, who's, who I'm making fun of right now. Mm-hmm. And I idolize a lot of these guys, so that will not narrow it down. If you think it narrowed it down, <laughs> you don't know me well enough. Um, hmm. but no, all defense, is, all defense is a regular season award. I'm going to look at the regular season. I'm going to look what you've done in the regular season. You had 50 put on your head top by Kevin Porter Jr., you had a bunch of bu- you, you you've been scored on. You've been scored on time and time again. Nothing wrong with that. But you don't get to be first team. You're not my first team for that. Yeah. Great defenders, you have the problem that everyone wants to go at you and score on you, but part of that is also holding your own and not getting lit up on a consistent enough basis. And I think Drew Holiday, for as much as he he did work He's just his team. He suffered too many times on the defensive end, not necessarily because of him, but he didn't help them enough to make first team for me. Mm-hmm. And I guess another guard who I'm going to throw out there without taking enough of a look at the numbers. But if if Alex Caruso's in the mix, we might as well just throw Lou Dort onto the first team. I I don't. I need to look at his games played. I think I looked at his games played and they weren't great. He hasn't I played. Wanted... He has missed a, a good amount of time, but he's, he's also a, a lockdown defender when he plays. And we know that Ludor brings the intensity on defense and is always tasked with guarding the best players. So, hey, I, if he makes an all-NBA team, all-defensive team, I will be celebrating in the streets of Montreal. I wasn't sure if he could be. Uh, my my only issue mm. is that the Thunder are so bad. Yeah. But when he was actually playing, they were – I'd have to go look at my old notes. Before he started sit, – him and Shea started sitting out all the time, they were a top-10 mm-hmm. defense, if I remember right. They're currently 24th. They they have fallen so fast. It's impressive. And getting lit up 
by 50 points will do that to you. <laughs> Having a 150 bomb dropped on you will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Will ruin your defensive stats. So I think that kind of holds Lou's argument back is just how horrible the Thunder have been. I think it's hard to make all defense on a bad team. Mm-hmm. But I do think in terms of like, in terms of if you're going on that one stop, if I was doing one stop, Lou Dort would be on this team. Lou <laughs> Dort's top three in the NBA. I, I'd probably have Ben Simmons, Lou Dort. I would wish I would fight for me to, to put Draymond Green at center so that I could yeah. put Chad Dillon Brooks in as my last on the five. There I would is. take Alex Caruso off, but Chad mm-hmm. Dillon Brooks would make it. But not the regular Dylan Brooks, only Chad Dylan Brooks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Only his alter ego. Only the alter ego that shows up about every other game. Ugh, these Memphis Grizzlies are painful to watch. <laughs> I know we're not going to do a second team. But, you know, we talked about a lot of guards. Like, we talked yeah. about a lot of guards. I met, We mentioned a few guys. I don't know if Lou Dort or, or Dylan Brooks count as forwards. I actually didn't even look at any backup forwards. I guess Giannis makes it, maybe. I don't. Is Giannis yeah. on my first team? He's not. I guess Giannis makes it maybe. I don't know. I got Capella as mm. my second team center. Not because I'm devaluing what Embiid did, but kind of like, and Capella's the only defender on that Hawks squad. Like, actually, this isn't like, yeah. oh, and other people have stepped up. It's he's the only one who plays any defense now that DeAndre Hunter's been out all season. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like that. I want to, I want to, I would rather give him the recognition than Joel Embiid. That's fair, and I mean, and I if you I I it's a close enough race for me that I'd like be like yeah you know what Capella would get more out of this than Joel Embiid would so I'm gonna give it to Capella for me. That's fair, and uh, I'd probably have Barrett and uh, Holiday as my second team guards. I like it. I have uh, Adebayo down here too. Bam, obviously, someone mm-hmm. who I think with like I, he counts as a forward. They're letting you put him at forward, and I actually don't hate that. I don't hate that. Shoot, I'll put him at forward next to Robert Covington on my second team. I don't mind that. You have Robert Covington. As an individual defender, he's been good. His team just can't defend anything. I would would disagree with that, but... I think what he... he, I think Robert Covington... I think people have finally caught on to Robert Covington, why he gets traded all the time. Yeah, he's a good he's a good plug and please guy for a year. He gives you one year of all defensive second team, and then you can give him to somebody else. <laughs> you share the wealth. All right, oh. I think we've uh, we've gone for a little while. My timer is off because we had to take that little break to let my sister into the house. <laughs> this has been an awesome episode. I had a lot of fun. I had a mm. lot of fun with this one. Anything you want to say to to LeBron James about the playing game though before we get out of here? Oh, thank you. I almost forgot about that. Okay, I here's my call. Here's my Okay, first, LeBron James has actually been hating the play-in game ever since it was introduced. Mm-hmm. So I am not going to dump on him for now saying it again that he doesn't like it. I'm not going to dump on him. Zach Lowe was like, yeah, when it was first introduced, he said he hated it. Now he says he hates it still. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> cool. I like that his opinions don't change. I hope that he gets gets educated on stuff. Vaccines. Um. I hope he gets. I hope he uh, is a man. He seems like the kind of guy who might change his opinion when presented with new facts, vaccines. Um, mm-hmm. My call: Lakers go seven seed, lose to the to the Golden State Warriors, fall to the eighth <laughs> seed, win against I guess Memphis or San Antonio. I don't really yeah. care. Beat Utah in the first round. Mm-hmm. Second round, I guess they're playing L.A. Clippers. Beat the Clippers. Mm. Go to the conference finals, 
Denver Nuggets Lakers repeat. Mm. Lakers win again. <laughs> Lakers go to the finals. Play. I don't know who they're going to play. Play the New York Knicks because I can have fun right now. I don't know. They play uh, Brooklyn. They play Philly. They play Bucks. They play Heat. I don't care. They play somebody. They play an Eastern Conference team. That's all they I They play know. a team in the Eastern <laughs> Conference that makes the playoffs. Um, win that, and then LeBron comes out and says, I have won the three hardest championships of all time. Mm. And you know what? I would not give him all three. But I would say he won the two hardest championships of all time, if that was his road. Honestly, a 1-8 Utah Lakers matchup, I legitimately do not know who the favorite is. It's probably the 8 seed. If LeBron is healthy, it's probably the 8 seed. It's probably the 8 seed. And I hope Vegas acknowledges that, because if they don't, people are going to make some huge money on the Lakers. Oh, yeah. And also, I think it would be, if you're thinking about it, as a 7 seed, not to take too long on this, because I know we don't want to let this episode get too long, but as a team that's going into a play-in game as a Warriors fan, and now yourself as a Lakers fan, look in this play-in game like you might have to actually play it, do you think it's actually better to maybe end up as eight and not have to play the Phoenix Suns in the first round? Because personally, I'm more afraid of Chris Paul and Devin Booker than I am of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I, I can't make my mind up. I, I cannot make my mind up, but I'll tell you this. I feel a lot more comfortable at seven and eight than I do six. Mm-hmm. I would rather not. I, I would rather dodge. I would rather dodge the Clippers and dodge the Nuggets than have to, you know, worry about winning one of two games to play either Phoenix or Utah. Like yeah. if you're not winning one of those two games, I wasn't beating. I was not beating the Clippers or the Nuggets. If I can't beat Memphis and Gold or Golden State, mm-hmm. two games, I'm not beating the Nuggets or or Golden or the Clippers. Give us a longer off season. Let us get healthy. <laughs> All that being said, we could de- if the Warriors and Lakers end up as the two play-in teams, which it increasingly seems like it might be, knock on wood, it's like, are they both going to be favorites at seven and eight? Honestly, I I think that the Warriors will have will be the favorites, but I do think that Phoenix will win that matchup. Mm. I I'm not, I don't want to say I'm more scared of Phoenix, because it's kind of like a give and take with Utah. You know what you're getting, you know. Mm-hmm. Utah is like that restaurant you've been going to your whole life. You don't even get the menu. You sit down, you say hi, you say I'll take this. You don't even look at the menu. Let me get the regular. Phoenix Suns, that new restaurant that just opened up across town. They've got a couple of the cooks that you know. It's a good looking place. You look at the menu, you're not really sure what their specialty is. You don't know what they what they're good with. You don't know mm-hmm. what they're not good with. You know they've got one thing that they're really good with, but you know, you don't know if that's going to work for you. You know, if they got a good pork dish, but you keep kosher. <laughs> I don't know. I, I The Phoenix Suns, they might have some other good stuff in the bag. Mm-hmm. They might come out with some nice, nice playoff rotations. Chris Paul leads this team to a great playoff, whatever. But they really are just so inexperienced that it's, it proposes a bit of a, a lack of fear. And for Utah, no one's yeah. scared of them. No, no one. I don't think anyone is scared of them. I don't think anyone is scared. of They're, they're a jump-shooting team. They, they're nine deep, and yes, jump shooting teams can win, but hey. Anthony Davis is kind of the Rudy Gobert kryptonite. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, oh, and we've got Mark Gasol and Markeith Morris to space them out even more. We don't even have to run AD at the center to space Rudy Gobert out of the paint. <laughs> I, I, I'm, 
I would mm-hmm. not be happy if I was if I'm the Utah Jazz and I get the eighth seeded Lakers. I'd be really angry. Yeah. One thing we're running over. I don't care. I'm having fun. <laughs> Zach Lowe keeps saying that the play that the playoffs that the play-in teams should be allowed to choose what seed they play. What? No, no, not the play-in seed. The the, the one the and two teams. the ones you should be able to pick which play-in team they play. Uh, I think they should be able to do it after the first game. After the 7-8 game, they should okay. have f- three hours to choose whether they'd rather play the seven seed or whoever winds up with the eighth seed. Yeah, that's not that's an interesting rule that could be, definitely be taken into further effect in the NBA, actually. I like that, where it's I, just like yeah. you either get the winner of the 7-8 or the winner of the loser of the 7-8 and the winner of the 9-10. Yeah. Pick right now. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe even like you get to pick beforehand. Just... Mm-hmm. Because I think it would get, I think that the the one seed kind of gets hosed in that they have the least time to prepare of any playoff team, mm. and like yes, like you know you're playing one of two teams, but yeah, yeah, you're not ready, ready for it, yeah. and then you have to play the Lakers as the eighth seed, and you didn't have time to prepare. Tell you what, those the, that Utah Jazz film room better be just filled with LeBron James tape right now, because there's nothing else that you should bother studying. Maybe some Steph Curry just in case, mm-hmm. but like. It's really that Western Conference playoff is going to be a dogfight. I'm so excited for this playoff basketball. Like the play-in starts in May 18th. It's going to be a, a week from when this episode comes out. The first play-in games. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to have to do the filming. Maybe our the season will be over. We'll be able to talk about play-ins. I don't exactly. know. We'll have to look at the dates. We'll have to look at the dates. We'll have to figure it out. I'm excited. Figure it out. This has been an absolutely awesome episode. I really like this ending. This was fun. Mm-hmm. Everyone well, wish John a, a safe journey on his, his nice little road trip he's about to go on. Trying to get a job. Trying to figure out what mm-hmm. job I'm going to do. Your man's uh, hopefully employed. Hopefully. Not sure. <laughs> to all our viewers, please keep liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. It really helps us, and it might pay our bills one day because neither <laughs> of my jobs are for this podcast. <laughs> Until next time, thank you for tuning in to Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Baby, baby, baby.